Welcome to Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. My name is John Bartlett, and I'm your host. I am so excited to introduce you all to Nina May, our new European correspondent for Dog Save the People. I'll let Nina take the floor to tell us more about today's guest. Thanks for the introduction, John. I'm happy to be back. Sally Muir is a dog artist and painter. Her project, A Dog a Day of Capturing Dogs Across Different Mediums, started on social media and later evolved into a book of the 365 pieces. This year, her new series called Old Dogs was released as a book as well, giving a positive light and platform to senior dogs with heartwarming stories. Welcome to Dog Save the People, and thank you so much for joining us. Sally Mew, artist and painter to the dogs, welcome so much to the show. Please tell us, first of all, where you are joining us from. Thank you very much for having me. I'm joining you from a very sunny bath in the west of England. What was your relationship like with dogs when you were growing up? Did you have them as a child? Always had dogs since I was a child. My parents had standard poodles who were lovely, just very kind of quite shaggy poodles with lovely moustaches. You know, I used to follow them around, play with them, very much treat them as siblings, I suppose. I think I followed them around because we had less to um, entertain us in those days. <laughs> so we used to do quite a lot of um, playing with your dogs and dressing up your dogs and generally involving your dogs in your life, really whether they liked it or not. Oh, yes, of course. It was the same with my puppy, Bina, when I was young. And I think mostly they just enjoy having someone to play with at the end of the day. Yeah. So you've had a mix of canine companions over the years, but could you tell me a little bit about your current dogs? They're both whippets. And Lily, the one who is my shadow, who's here, is 15. She's just 15. So she she really is an old dog. and. Peggy, the other one, is eight. Wow. In her best years. Yeah. These days, when we look up your name, it's closely linked to dogs. How did that come about? I've been over many years, I've been a knitwear designer with my partner, Joanna Osborne, business partner. And we have made jumpers for humans. And then gradually, somehow, just kind of slid into doing, we started off doing a book called Pet Heaven which was knitted pet accessories. And in that book, we had little knitted dogs. And from that, we decided that we wanted to do a book just of knitted dogs. And so we did a book called Best in Show, Knit Your Own Dog. And then meanwhile, kind of alongside this, I was painting. I'd gone to art school and was painting first children. And then I kind of moved into dogs. (laughs) You really went... All in, didn't you? You really did a dive in head first and did a dog a day. Tell me more about this. It ended up as a huge book, but what was that for you, that challenge? Dog a day was an idea that I had, putting up a different picture of a dog every day. You know, I went to my local dog's home and I did have to kind of find dogs in slightly odd places too. It just pushed me into trying out new things. What is your process usually like in terms of drawing or painting dogs and capturing their personality? 
obviously you have to sort of hone in on their face because their expression is very important. But also I think, you know, I've got two dogs and one is, is quite confident and the other one is very anxious. And you can tell quite a lot the way that they stand and move around and interact with the world, really. So thinking of it as more like a um, poem than an instruction manual. That kind of feels true to the nature of dogs, doesn't it? In terms of it's it's not just a straight line, it's on a whim and it yes, changes. Yes, that's, that's quite true. Yes, yes, it's always moving. Yeah. So I like there to be a room for the dog to kind of get up and move off. Now, we're here actually to talk about your latest book, which finally came out in March, and it's called Old Dogs. Why old dogs and what do they represent to you? Well, I think it's truthfully probably brought about by Lily as she got older. Lily's the oldest dog I've ever had now. I very much started tuning in to old dogs and suddenly noticing other people's old dogs and seeing the characteristics of old dogs and how very touching they are. They're very expressive. I mean, her face has got much more expressive in a way as she's got older. And you know that they're not going to be around for that long either. That makes it all much more precious too. And then when I ask people to send me pictures of their old dogs, they almost all of them came with something about their dog. So they wanted to tell me something about their dog <laughs> or describe their dog in some way. We all know how we feel about our old dogs, really. It's incomparable. And I still, even though I had, a, I had the best old dog, actually, Pippa, I still struggle to explain what that essence of the old dog is. I think, obviously, they become more themselves. Maybe they care less about commands and pretend to be deaf when we call them back. Yeah, they just sort of couldn't care in a way that is very endearing. <laughs> But also, they care about you. I mean, Lily really doesn't like me to be out of her sight. And she does. She does a lot of prodding me in my, in my leg just to, so that I know that she's here. I don't know who's reassuring who, but... Old dogs are the best, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So through your work, you've gotten involved with a Spanish dog charity. Can you tell me more about them? So I got involved with the Galgos del Sol. It's a charity in Murcia in Spain for Spanish hunting dogs who were very, very badly treated. At the end of the season, they just dumped them. And so Spain is full of these dogs just roaming around. And so Galgos del Sol, it's a woman from England, from very near where I live, in fact. She kept seeing them and she sort of started off picking up the occasional dog. And I think she had sort of 14 in her flat. And then she started this charity, which is incredible. And she's now got a Galgos Center kennels, They've got a vet clinic, they've got a puppy, they've got a puppy section. And I, I'd never heard of these dogs, but I saw a photograph of them on the internet, I think, and got really interested and then read up the story and did a, a drawing for them, for them to auction or something. And Tina, who runs it, said, if you want to come over any time, we've got, um, you know, come and stay, we've got a flat, you can come and draw the dogs. So I, I said, yes, please. I've been there three times now, went over there and just sat in the kennels drawing the dogs. And the last time I went, I went with a friend and we decorated the education centre with great big um, spray paint, Galgos on the side of it. 
Are there any lessons you've taken away from your time with the Galgos while volunteering with Galgos de Sol? Well, the thing that's really touching about the Galgos and Podencos, which are the other ones um, that they, they rescue, are that they're so trusting and they so want to be friends with humans. I mean, they've been so badly treated, but they still really, really want you to be their friend and are very... Um, They're very affectionate, very curious, very, they're very funny, beautiful, beautiful looking dogs too. So Sally, it was wonderful to speak to you. Towards the end, we always ask our guests if you could please tell us where we can find you on social media, but how else can people get in touch and also buy your book? I'm on Instagram, Sally Muir, Twitter, Sally Muir, Facebook is a dog a day. And the book you can get from my website or, or you can get from, you know, normal bookshops. Sally, it was wonderful to chat to you. Um, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much. As someone who's loved following Sally's ever-evolving artistic vision of dogs, it was so exciting to speak to her and learn more about the impact of dogs on her life. Even though she had done well in other fields, such as knitwear, she still decided to take on other fields and eventually realized that her love of dogs could become part of her work. It's clear that dogs are her ultimate muse, and not only could she not imagine her life without them, now she couldn't even imagine her art without them. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. This show is a production of As It Should Be, a production company and content studio. It is made with the support of executive producer Scott Benaglio and our producer and editor Jack Summer. Special thanks to our composer Daniel Lampert for creating the music for the show. You can follow Dog Save the People on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please leave a review. Please consider signing up to our monthly email newsletter on dogsavethepeople.com. On the website, you will also find show merch in our gift shop, including shirts from our Tiny Tim Rescue Fund, My Foundation, where profits go to supporting independent rescues and shelters. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you have any questions or submissions, please drop a note to the email address of Bart at dogsavethepeople.com. New episodes come out every Tuesday, so see you next week for another episode of Dog Save the People. Enjoy a walk with your dog outside and make it a great day for both of you.